<laughs> the Glad Chad podcast is brought to you by Aquafina. Ew. Yeah, we well, you know, had some Aquafina yesterday. Aquafina. It's weird because it's water, but you can tell it has a flavor to it. Coca Cola water. Well, what do you like more, Coke water or Pepsi water? None. I like Fiji water. Dude, I I think it's all a scam. Nah. It is, and I can prove it. So the best water ever is Colorado well water. And so if I bottled that crap and brought it out here, I'd make a killing because artisan water is all just water. Nope. I can prove it. We'll do a blind taste test, and you have to tell me what's the best water and what's the worst water. Oh, we'll do it. I'm all right. Done. All right. You hear that first, ladies and gentlemen. The Glad Shot Podcast is going to do a water taste test, and Rudy <laughs> is going to get gang spanked. <laughs> Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Glad Chad podcast, episode seven, which is technically eight because we started on zero. But uh, that's how naming schemes work in the podcasting world. I heard that on very good authority. And by good authority, I mean my girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> well, my fiance, I should say. I forgot the. Yeah, wait. You have a girlfriend? Well, I mean, Ooh. now that I have a. Here's the thing. Now that I have a fiance, it's too expensive to keep the girlfriend. So I had to cut the girlfriend. Yeah. But when I'm married, I can have a mistress again because you apparently you don't need to spend any money or time on your wife. You already all did right. all that stuff. Jen, if you're listening, you got good grounds for an annulment here. <laughs> you could get well, don't tell her that because we just we went to our second session of pre-cana and we learned all about divorces and annulments. And Father Masudi thinks he's so clever. He tried to he tried to trap us. He was like, Oh, yes, do the question. The question, right? Do you think is is an annulment a Catholic divorce? And he sits there and waits for you to answer. And I was like, no. <laughs> Wait, what question did he ask you guys? It was like uh it was like a question it was very it was worded really legally. So if you like answered it by your instinct, you were gonna answer it wrong. Okay. <laughs> but I think that was something else. That's how you can tell that our priests are actually like they're they exude fatherhood because my dad tries to trap me all the time with questions. The other day, so I, I have a, a new car and uh he, my dad uh texted me and he goes did you change the blinker fluid yeah that's what he asked me <laughs> did you change the blinker fluid and i i just changed my washer fluid so i almost replied back yes then i pause and realize that's a very strange question for my dad to ask unless he's trying to trip me up yeah i mean here in california you don't need it anyway nobody uses their blinkers that's <laughs> that's really funny so you never need to change the fluid up. that's completely true yeah <laughs> anyway uh it is the Friday after Lent, so first Friday of Lent. Happy Lent, by the way, Rudy, or somber Lent. How how would you say it? I think there's an element of joy to it. Because you know Easter's around the corner? Well, no. I, well, yeah, that. But uh, there's, a, there's a certain kind of joy you get from bettering yourself. And uh, Lent, Lent is the perfect time to do it. Yeah, I think I, I understand what you're saying because... Lent is, it's like winter. You need winter in order to have spring. So it is a kind of a time of renewal. And you also do need to take a moment to really reflect on where you're at with God and all the things, all the graces that he gives you. So for me, what I like about Lent is that everything slows down. Oftentimes, of course, you give up something. I, I'd gotten into the habit of not just giving up something, but substituting it with something proper. So for Lent, I'd be like, okay, well, I'm not going to play video games but I also am going to do more spiritual reading. You're not going to play any video. I'm not going to play any video. Unless it's Sunday. You know, fun fact, I used to never do the, the you know, on Sunday your Lenten um, obligations are lifted. Yeah. And I used to not really do that. 
Yeah, but me neither. Since I've taken my faith more seriously, it means that the 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 week is more arduous. You have to do it. So I'm just like, if I don't yeah. play some Total War today, I'm going to lose it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but of course, um, with Exodus, um, the funny thing is that it's, it's essentially pre-Lent. It's like pre-gaming for Lent. Yeah. So Ash Wednesday happened and I was like, that's just a regular. I was like, oh, you, you know, typically you have to fast on Friday, Good Friday and Ash Wednesday. But mm-hmm. in Exodus, you have to fast on Wednesdays and Fridays. So I was like, if you're a good Catholic, you fast on Fridays anyway. Whoa. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> are you even a, are you even a trad if you don't fast on Fridays? Yeah. <laughs> Modernist scum. What do you think? There's only two fast days. Ha, poor kids. <laughs> well, anyway, I do think it is. It's okay to say happy Lent. You do need the sorrow in order to have this happiness mm-hmm. and it's preparation. And there's something very good about preparing, you know, I would say, although I'm not really formally doing Exodus 90 anymore, I have retained some of the, uh, the practices of that program in a way was preparing me for Lent. Now that we're in Lent, it felt more, more like a smooth transition this year than mm-hmm. before where it just kind of snuck up on me and it was like, whoa, I got to do all this stuff and prepare myself and try not to be a slave to my passions, you know, and figure out which ones are overwhelming me. Right, right. Leading up to it is 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 me understanding that I am a slave to my passions. And I've been trying really hard to, to subdue all of that. And by the grace of God, I, I think I'm on the right track. Although, again, it wasn't really... It wasn't really the program. Exodus is really cool that it it prepares you to do that those those practices mm-hmm. to like look at your life and see wh- where you need to work on it. But I got to a point where I'm like, yeah, you know, I think this isn't working for me. Like, just the whole routine that was involved in that that program. But um, I am keeping some of those spiritual practices. You just wanted to play video whenever you wanted to. No, no. I mean, <laughs> yes, but no. Yeah. No, I, I don't. I, I'm not I am not playing video now. Mm-hmm. I absolutely agree with you. And so I'm I'm continuing Exodus because I love Jesus. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm playing. Um I've had peaks and I have had valleys. Yeah. Um it's it's hard and it's like any spiritual regimen. You realize really quickly where you're at in your own spiritual life, and there's some regimens which just aren't for you at that time. Mm-hmm. What's really kind of cool about reading about Exodus is there's a section where they talk about what happens if you're married and your spouse is not doing Exodus or Nineveh and you are. And the answer was that you have to have a game plan about this thing because you're about to make a pretty big life change and uh, she might just not be there yet. Like if your guys' thing was to... Yeah, Taylor Marshall talked about that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And that's the thing. If, if your kind of routine is that you get to have like a family movie night on Saturday or Friday night, and you say, well, I'm sorry, but I'm doing this regimentation. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of, of moving from the old law to the new law, right? There are there are spiritual disciplines that we do because they obviously give glory to God and they're good. But the point is to grow yourself spiritually instead of fall into the trappings of doing things by routine because that's what the law says. To give an example, with one of the things that we've done, we've done for Exodus is you're supposed to limit your uh, internet time which is true, which is good. But what we all kind of realize is that there are a lot of really good Catholic podcasts like this one. 
another kind of material that you really should spend some time reading because there is a question of, okay, am I supposed to just read books, but I'm not supposed to do internet? So that mean no podcasts? Does that mean no Jordan, homilies? it sounds like you're trying to finagle your way around here. I think that there's a letter all, of all of this, All of... this wordy stuff you're saying, I think you're about to tell me that, that you're, you're actually taking too much time reading maybe the Roman Catholic. <laughs> I love it. Okay. I'm so serious, people. These are the best articles <laughs> I've ever read. Dude, they're I, so good. Jordan sends them to a, a thread that me, me, him, and another buddy have. He sends them at like 2 in the morning. It's like, Jordan, why I are you sending problem. these at 2 That's in the morning? That's a very good point. I should stop. So the thing about this is this. I thought that they were only limited. You think you're funny, don't you? <laughs> I thought they were only limited to Los Angeles. And then I found out that they have sister ones in San Diego and San Francisco. And if you think that Los Angeles is a basket case, which it is, San Francisco in particular is a dumpster fire. It seems to me like most of the worst things that you hear are in the coast areas, like the coasts of the West, the coasts coast of, of the, the East. East. Well, I have a I have a theory, but uh, I... Uh, <laughs> it's, it's too dank. <laughs> it's not too dank. It's a little... It makes you a little blue is why you know what i mean it's a little it's it's a bit of a it's a bit of a liberal idea uh <laughs> yeah you get the crazies when yeah that's very true you know what's funny is that's a good point because sometimes it's really hard to to remember that los angeles isn't the world and so a lot of times what will happen is something will happen out here and i'll go home and i'll be like can you believe this like people are crazy and my parents and everyone lives in colorado are like no we're digging ourselves out because it's blizzarding. It's not 75 degrees and I didn't see whatever happened. And you know, I, I never thought of that, son. <laughs> I never my dad. Okay, I gotta I gotta tell you a quick story. So uh and this is topical, ha, huh, because uh, we're all gonna be dead of coronavirus next weekend, obviously. Uh, my dad, not. my dad called me. I'm not kidding, this happened a couple of days ago. My dad called me, and my dad is by nature a prepper, and he says Hey, so in case you can't do any traveling or there's there's not large group gatherings allowed for coronavirus, what's your plan B for the wedding? And I went, what? Yeah. <laughs> so I was I'm like, a little freaked out myself to be honest. Ah, uh, well, I said, I said, uh, well, Jen and I are still gonna get married. <laughs> if that's what you're asking, which you which he wasn't going there, of course. I had the same thought. I was like, well, we'll just have the mask. We yeah, that's what I'm saying. We'll just around. yeah, just get a couple witnesses if worse comes worse. I'd say preparedness but also let's be you know we don't have to hit the button just yet it's not china that's the only way to say it now obviously i think you and i have talked about this that it's a tricky thing because it's it's pretty much undetectable it's apart from the flu you have to kind of go in and be admitted obviously it does have a a seasonally low mortality rate compared to something like influenza or some parts of the flu mm -hmm. um which is good but because it's undetectable, I believe it's here in Los Angeles already. Well, there was a, a, a confirmed case today, actually, in Santa Clarita, which is not far from us. Oh, really? Yeah, and this person Yikes. didn't have any history mm -hmm. know, of traveling anywhere. Yeah, that's so the thing. But I don't... Very weird. I, but I don't... Here's the thing, though. The problem is that I'm looking at the mortality rate. Because it's one thing to talk about the symptoms, but it's not like we're looking at Ebola or dysentery or something. Sure. So the mortality rates are low relative to other pandemics let's say and it's treatable so yes i know that it, it can come back with treatment right mm -hmm. but you're still like the symptoms aren't all dumpster fires which is kind of nice 
So I don't know. We'll see. Obviously, though, we've been talking about this, but here in in our part of the world, uh, the Costco down the street, uh, you can't you can't get a ticket in because all the, a lot of the supplies are already gone. Masks are selling out all over the country. We you know what we should have done. We should have we should have bought some masks for cheap from some part of the world and just marked them up. <laughs> and bought St. Vitus a new church. That's messed up. <laughs> that's not if it's the cause. The ends justify the means, says I'm, Machiavelli. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's a mortal sin. I'm pretty sure. To mark up? Yeah, if you take advantage of a crisis. If it's legitimate enough, absolutely. Right. But suppose it's like this. Suppose it's like a craze of something. You can mark up like, like fidget spinners. What, like Spice Girls bubblegum? Yeah, you could mark up or like Furbies or something. But if it's something oh, like people need this as a necessity. <laughs> That's I the got, only way to I got some cre- horror stories about Furbies, man. Do you really? Yeah. <laughs> They're creepy. Are you kidding me? Oh, that's very Did true. you have one? I didn't have one, but my older sister did. No, man. You don't so. let those things around. I'm pretty sure they need to be exercised. You know what happens? Instead of Pachamama next year in the Vatican, it's just going to be a bunch of Furbies. <laughs> From the 90s. Oh, shoot. Vintage ones. <laughs> <laughs> so, the one that woke up at three in the morning and started talking. Did that, that happen to you? My specific Furby. Oh, shoot, dude. The Furby, right? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that's, when, that's when you kill it with fire or yeah, take out the I'm batteries. I'm pretty sure after that happened, we threw it away. That's probably a good thing. Yeah. Wait, what's that? You hear that? Oh, no, it's back. <laughs> creepy man i want to i want to revisit something that you kind of were talking about in uh, even though you're not doing exodus anymore with exodus or without exodus one thing that's important of course is when you're doing it as with anything you need camaraderie mm-hmm. because it's so like it's tricky because we understand the sense of community being part of the church and being called to catholics and then we're also called to have a radical individual relationship with Christ. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of funny seeing those those things ebb and flow, those play and they don't play. So for today's topic, uh, one thing that we really wanted to talk about was just the cultivation of proper Catholic camaraderie. We can speak about it, I think, as men, because we're involved in the community of our church. We are involved, of course, with a group of of young Catholic males. And also, you know, we wouldn't do this podcast if we weren't friends, obviously. Mm-hmm. So one thing that I think it's very important also is that for a lot of people who are new to tradition, they're fish out of water. I know I was. And it takes a second to kind of formulate. I think part of it for us was since we didn't have St. Vitus, we had St. Victor's. It wasn't our parish just mm-hmm. yet. So while you could join the choir, I was asked to be an usher a lot of times. And I, I actually met one of our buddies uh, there when he was still studying at UCLA, just kind of out of the blue. Mm-hmm. But because we didn't really have our own space, it's really hard to formulate the community of what church is also meant to be. Because as a church, we go there for the celebration of the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass, which is first and foremost. It sounds like there was, because there was two communities there. That's yeah, you know, and it was, and everyone knew it wasn't our home. Yeah, exactly. So you have the the trads, for lack of a better term, and then you have just your ner- regular yeah, the swordites, you know, good nerf swordites, yeah. Who probably were like, I don't even want these people here. Well, you know? or maybe they didn't. We understand. didn't associate because mass yeah. was seven p.m. on Sunday. Yeah, you know, in West Hollywood, so you had to kind of fight traffic to get there, and I don't think they really cared. That I think is the the most. It's probably the the latest mass that I've ever heard. Yeah, be on a Saturday. Yeah, besides like a 
like a university mass or something. Yeah. This this episode isn't specifically just for the boys, even though that's sort of our experience. The boys. The boys. The boys. <laughs> no, shout, true. Shout out. Shout to, out to the boys. Shout out to the boys. <laughs> but uh, no, I think this is a, a universal episode where where we we need to cultivate a a Catholic identity and a Catholic friendship and blend those two together. Yeah. And I wouldn't be able to do that without Ashley. Because like I mentioned before, she is like the social counterpart mm. <laughs> to my life. That's true. And I wouldn't have met any of, of, of the tr- traditional people that we've met at the parish without her. So I am astounded quite a good compliment to pay to your your lovely fiance because she is a social butterfly yeah and it's nice because you sometimes i i think it's a really nice everyone has like tent poles in their church yeah people who you know like they kind of run the place mm-hmm. not like in the weird overarching way of susan of the parish council but in the way that you they're pillars of the community which is important yeah and it's kind of nice that you know that someone you have someone obviously who who is that directional thing mm-hmm. um yeah but i absolutely agree to your point Catholic camaraderie is very important. And the fact of the matter is this. So when it comes to friendships, like like any ship relationship, but friendship has to be the first and foremost thing. Aristotle says that you have to build it around a transcendent third. Hmm. And the church has baptized that idea completely. Now, when we talk about the transcendent third, we often talk about it in relation to marriage. Fulton J. Sheen's three to get married, right? right. Man and woman together with Christ, under Christ, through hmm. Christ, you know. And it's that transcendent third that keeps the marriage together because otherwise marriage isn't a sacrament. This to a lesser extent, because obviously friendship isn't a sacrament, but it's an important part of cultivation for, for our identity, as you talked about. And, you know, I think to, to, to kind of an original idea, coming into tradition oftentimes really is a fish out of water experience. And you're trying to figure out where you're at with God a lot of times. Because there is going to be that moment where you're like, okay, well, all these people know what they're doing and I don't know what I'm doing. And therefore, I'm always going to be an outsider looking in. It's like going to the gym for the first time (laughs) and you look around and you're like, man, everyone here is in shape and they're looking at me and they know what they're doing. And I just don't know what I'm doing and I just want to stop because I'll never fit in. And the answer is actually that most people, some people do know what they're doing. Most people are just doing their thing. They're not looking at you because you're not that interesting. And also, if you're around the transcendent third, in the case of Catholics, the mass, in the case of the gym, the gym, then what's cool about that is people want more people into what their hobby is, genuinely. And when it comes to Catholicism, especially traditionalism, there is such a great joy, I think, when we find friends, especially friendships that we've had maybe in the Catholic world, but not inside the traditional space, coming over. And really sitting down and being like, yeah, tell me about the Latin Mass. I don't know anything about the rubrics. I don't know any what's an what's an what's an asperges, all that kind of stuff, <laughs> you know. And and you become deeper into it, and you realize like this is what proper community is supposed to be. It is that image of the church in the town square, and all the villages, all the shops are populated around that center hub. It does give it a a, a like a small village vibe. I think we have that at, at St. Vitus yeah. where, where we go to, to Mass. Um, there's a sense of a, a really strong community there that, for whatever reason, exemplifies what a village would be. 
like everybody has a, a role everybody does mm -hmm. different things everybody has like a really interesting part to play in how the community is built yeah 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 what would you say is kind of steps for you because we've been friends since we went to the norms ordo down the road mm -hmm. you know and oh that one oh that one. <laughs> <laughs> be nice yeah. i'm just playing fuming <laughs> <laughs> no but genuinely i mean that's it's really kind of impressive because obviously like when i when i came over first i i really felt a pang of not being able to express the catholicism which i had found to my friends and you and Ashley and some other friends were really were my first genuine friends out here in Los Angeles. It was funny because one day we noticed you weren't coming around and we we're like, hey, what happened to Jordan? Ah. <laughs> what happened to Jordan? Yeah. You know, where did he go? I, I couldn't go back. Yeah. And I did sometimes, of course. And it wasn't because I, it wasn't, believe me, when I said like I was working, it wasn't like me just trying to skirt around it. I, I genuinely was also doing stuff. But yeah, you're busy. You're free. I'm busy, but also, yeah. yeah, there is a point where you do go, I can't, exp I can't, I just can't, you know, mm -hmm. the, that crisis. And I, I really, it really was hard because I would come back and like, I felt like, I've never really been one of those people that's like, oh, I'm an outsider because I'm like, forget that. I'm, you know me. I'm, I I talk a lot. I like friends, <laughs> and you guys have all been good to me. Like genuinely, yeah. I, I really, I really do treasure the the friendships I've had in my faith because in the work that we do, it's impossible if you don't have that bedrock. Mm -hmm. People who not just like can pray with you, but people who can also set you straight if you're going on a path that you shouldn't go on. Mm -hmm. um, and it was tough because I definitely felt like there was a period where my foot was in two worlds, where I had. A social life but also like a good community of catholics at, at our church here but at the time it was saint victor's but i was just and and then later saint vitus and i was just being pulled and once that pull starts you can't stop i remember really genuinely being in mass going to mass at saint victor's going you know and not talking really to anybody and i wanted to say so much mm -hmm. but i just like i was like well how do i how do i talk about any of this stuff Who's my basis to bounce things off of? Yeah, I know what you mean. I think everybody goes through that in, in some some sort of way. They they experience the 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 new the uh, the Latin Mass, mm -hmm. and they find something there. They find uh, substance that they they've never encountered, or maybe that they they seldom ever encounter in their communities, and then they have that little crisis moment where they're like okay, well, I can't go back. I had that. And some people deal with it a, 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 in an interesting way. I think for me, I was angry. Mm. I was like, I'll never go back. I'm never going to go there anymore. I <laughs> yeah. can't do it anymore. <laughs> but uh, I, I've kind of since grown out of that. You know, it's it's more of like, a, hey, well, if I have to, I'll go. You know, it's not my first choice. Yeah. But... Um, then you start, you start, I think the next part of that experience is then you start thinking, well, who can I talk to this about? Now, I had that when, when I started coming to St. Vitus and I knew that you were there. It was like the best, God always, God always like uses the, the strangest things in your life to, to bring some good out of it. Mm -hmm. And at that moment in time, I was in between jobs I had uh, left this company that I was in and uh, I looked for something that was better and 
to be honest with you, I went to a new place because of the money. It was much, it was much more significant. I can, I can sign off on that. And, uh, it ended up being that it was the worst job I've ever had in my life. Mm -hmm. It was just like constantly testing my faith. The people there were just constantly being rude and just, you know, really being, uh, sacrilegious at times with with the faith and i just said you know i can't do this anymore and i took a leap of faith i started working at a a different company thankfully um you know it was like a mutual exchange where they needed a person i needed a job it just so happened to be that it was working out and i was going to daily mass because i was living really close to to the church so i could just go to work come back Mm -hmm. go to daily mass and I, I started seeing you there and I was like, Jordan, I love it here. I want to be here. You know, I think we talked about this yeah. in an earlier episode. I, 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 I remember it's very funny because it seems like a long time ago. And yeah, to some people, like a year well, ago. it was only a year, but yeah. so much has changed, you know. Yeah. But I remember even when you were like. But I had no one to talk to except for you. Yeah, and I remember that. I remember because I was, believe me, I was ecstatic. Yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't bring this up with anybody else. No, because you know they didn't get it. It's about the trans. It's again, it's friends. It's friendship built around the transcendent third. Mm-hmm. And it's not saying that like traditional Catholicism, of course, is just like means you can't talk to another Catholic ever again. That's not a trad. No, you can, but sometimes they're they're just yeah. Like, but there's a disconnect eh. because liturgy plays a huge prominent, like a whole new prominence. Sacred music plays a whole new prominence. Again, the moment for me, I, I will never forget this because I'd never heard an asparagus before. Not like that. And, you know, there are a few moments in your life when you can really feel that God touches your soul. You know, mm-hmm. you can really just feel his, his hand kind of just like caress your being itself. That was one of them. And I was like, I don't know anything about anything. And it's very funny because how prideful we are. I was like, man, for... 20 some years of my life I've been a Catholic and I've always believed what the church teaches and I'm proud of it and it's true but then you're like it's like when when God picks up Job right it's like you're just a speck you don't even like this is the mass this is the most important moment on earth and you just have to tell someone so when you when you started popping up I was happy and I remember a particular instance where you told me you know I want to cross over and I don't know how to tell Ashley. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, and it's hard. It's true. And so, what's, yeah, it's very nice is that I think it's important to know that uh, there are plenty of people, obviously, in your parish and outside your parish, but especially in your parish who really just want to cultivate a good Catholic fellowship. Yeah. Because friendship, we're social creatures and friendship is important. Friendships built around Christ are the most important. It's like, it's like what your relationships want your marriage to turn into if you don't have the centerpiece as christ then it's a superfluous encounter and yes there are friendships with other thirds right so we all we all know the subdivisions there are friends we have at work and we're friendly at work and everything and what would happen is that you move to a different job you lose the transcendent third because you're in a different place and you're probably going to lose your friendship Everyone who's gone from high school to college understands that the transcendent third wasn't we're sisters and we're brothers. And we're going to stay <laughs> together forever. It was the fact that you were seeing these people, interacting with these people, sometimes for decades because you've grown up together. And school or home was the transcendent third. And suddenly you go to a new environment and it's nice. You see each other on Facebook. There's always that first two years where you talk to each other. And then one day and it's not there's nothing to be 
ashamed about it. It's not a bad thing. It just means that your friendship just was built on something that changed. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone knows that when, you know, we're preparing for married life and what's going to happen is that your family takes top priority. And so what our friendships, even built around good transcendent thirds like mass and everything, do you now have new information because God manifesting in your family life takes first and foremost priority. You have to make time for your wife, whereas you can't make as much time for the boys. Uh, <laughs> rest in peace. Well, not yet. Rest in peace, the <laughs> rest boys. Rest in peace, the boys. Trademark. When we got St. Vitus, everything exploded. I would actually say that the, the best thing that we did was when the the youth, or the young adult group got revamped. Because there was technically one at St. Victor's. Regina mm-hmm. Chaley was the same one. But I think having our own space really opened up people to understand and connect with each other in a whole kind of new way. Because we had a hub, finally. Yeah, I well, I, I don't, you know, I wasn't there at St. Victor's, so I don't know what that was like. It, it Nothing. But, yeah, <laughs> but, but based on my experience, because I, I led the young adult group at the church down the road, mm-hmm. it was nothing like that, like like what we've encountered here at St. Vitus. Yeah there's there's a very profound sense of of the importance of faith you know where in the past i would encounter people that were kind of transient or like mm-hmm. trying to figure it out they weren't sure about it you know and which i think is okay depending on it's fine but there there weren't there weren't enough people to like around oh, them yeah you know? there was like because everybody yeah. was like that mm-hmm. and then there just never was like a a real transcendent third like you mentioned you yeah. know it was like a hey, i'm kind of figuring it out i don't know i'm kind of fighting mm-hmm. I'm, I'm trying to like be a part of the world and i'm trying to like morph my faith into that and it's like no you gotta you gotta live your faith you in to, the world you have to surrender to it first yeah exactly yeah. um so when i i started hanging out with the young adults at saint vitus it was completely different and i think that's the difference Everybody at St. Vitus has a very deep understanding. It might just be, I, I think I think this speaks to a deeper uh, a deeper reason. I, I think it's it's a problem with catechesis. Um, yeah, it just by by nature of where we are, you know, a, a traditional community is going to have a better catechesis, um, and so I think that's just a, a big part of it. Like you and I, we're we're a little different because we're we're preparing for marriage, mm-hmm. and our our main priority is going to be to lead our our spouse to Christ. Yeah, and they, our 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 spouses, you know, Jen and Ashley, they have that same responsibility to yeah. us. Yeah, uh, our one of our really good friends, uh, she's become a, a family friend. Uh, she alluded to the relationship that you should have is like. It's almost like your spouse is your passport. She's she's going to be your passport to heaven, mm-hmm. you know. But a, a lot of people don't have that. They don't have that romantic relationship. Yeah. And so the best way that they can figure out how to uh, to get to heaven is to to do that through their friends. Mm. Yeah. Right. That's actually a very very good point. So for us, it's going to be a vocation. Mm-hmm. For them, it may not be a vocation to their friends. Yeah. Right. But they still have the same opportunity uh, to build a, an authentic friendship that is wholesome and that's going to lead their their friends and themselves to, to Christ. There's a saying which is, uh, if you 
show me your friends, I'll tell you who you are. We're called to be beacons of Christ in all of our aspects because Christ as king means that it's his law that enthrones all the other laws. So what's nice about, I think, discovering tradition is you realize very quickly it's not just a cloistered little place for Sunday, which I think a lot of people can fall into that trapping because there isn't that 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 catechesis which tells you that faith is something more than a cloak you put on and take off willy-nilly. But you begin to get pulled in that direction. You take a very different look at a lot of friendships that you have. I know that I did. Sometimes you you know your bad influences, and sometimes you are the bad influence. Mm-hmm. And it God is calling you to change that for the better. Um, and it's really great because when you discover people that you can pray with, I mean, this is the most important thing. We talk about it with marriage, of course, and it's, it's important to talk about marriage because first off, you cannot have a good marriage or hope of getting married unless you have a cultivated friendship. And for me, uh, Genevieve is my best friend. For you, Ashley is your best friend. Mm-hmm. And that means because you have to find someone who you can seriously pray with, whom you can love, who can fight with, all that kind of stuff. Because that foundation has to be there. Your wife isn't someone you can just like, you know, put away until the weekend. And then it's like, well, we're married, but then I'm doing my other stuff. It's like, that's your aspect of your life. With friendships, the entire point is that you're 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 supposed to be helping the people around you get to heaven too. Mm-hmm. It's not just your spouse. Your spouse might be your passport, but all these other people are hopefully are going to be your luggage. And you're really wanting to, to, to carry them and have them help carry you across the finish line. Yeah. And so you know, what's nice is that there are plenty of outlets to do that, which is which is at our parish, which is awesome. Different interests, which can really help cultivate the proper sorts of people. For us, we have the young adult group, which has been great. Uh, I'm singing the choir, which uh, is beautiful because that's unlocked a lot of my passion for music, as well as being around people who just love sacred music, just love it. And our choir master could talk about it. It has made his entire life about speaking of it and and resurrecting it in a really radical way he's great just you know it's it's really nice because i think that one thing that's lacking from a lot of parishes and it's hard because you you were the young adult leader so you know it's hard building the infrastructure and you have to build the infrastructure and you have to have core people who are called to again the transcendent third of of making this thing work if you have a wishy-washy kind of group uh then yeah it falls by the wayside if you have people who are kind of just in for jesus but not really in for jesus you know Everyone, I mean, and like, don't get me wrong. It's not like that's the only reason to cultivate good friendships. The fact of the matter also is that, um, you know, it, it helps us discern our vocations. There's the there's the joke in our young adult group that it also serves as St. Vitus match. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, which some is of the, some of the relationships that have come out from there. Are pretty, pretty good. And like, well, what's the point of like, you know, it's like friendship doesn't just I mean, depending on how it's cultivated, it might very well not stay there. And wonderful if it's built around Christ and if it's made in the community of the church. For a church like St. Vitus, it's a lot of people coming because they want to be properly uh, catechized. They're coming for the right reasons, tradition, orthodoxy, the mass. And also, a lot of us have had journeys where we've been outside the faith or had to fight to stay inside the faith. And God has now picked us up and taken us to a whole new experience of it. And I think that it's such a proper way of, of what parish life should look like. Because as you said, it is a little village. It's a little community and everyone has this kind of cool role and shape and there are plenty of places to find yourself in. And it's really important because for good Catholic friendships, uh, you know, Christ has to be that centerpiece again. Mm -hmm. But also to the great point, it's like 
the activities that that we do so again it's it's finding it's finding all sorts of friendships but also for our for our the boys you know it's like we're also men who very much believe in in the obligations and duties that men have as men we 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 gravitate towards what i'd say our our masculine activities we go camping you know we sit around and smoke pipes and talk about <laughs> politics and theology and everything we talk about dressing up for mass and order and and it just what it feels like is it's letting down your hair in a really cool way the fact that you can talk about this all in the context of religion mm-hmm. frees up yourself to say your your deepest fears and hopes and everything whereas with other friendships i've noticed even though i'm you know i i have good ones i'd say since it's not built around that you you limit yourself because you are going to be the jesus freak of the group or you're going to be the weird trad person who doesn't (laughs) cohabitate or doesn't like get drunk on a weekend or something like that it's so obvious when when that happens too i've noticed that in my friends my friend groups um whether it be like with my friends that i've never met in person in washington that Mm -hmm. we we play a lot of video together hey (laughs) to the people that i grew up with like my Mm -hmm. my best friends you know um there are moments where where i realize that we don't really share that transcendent relationship yeah you know i can't really sit down and talk theology with them because when i do I'm worried about, firstly, that I'm going to scandalize them because mm-hmm. they're not going to understand where I'm coming <laughs> yeah. from. Yeah. And secondly, even if I explain it, they don't get it because they're not, they're outside of the church. And it's a little heartbreaking because, you know, you try and, and, and present the faith to them, but at the same mm-hmm. time, they're, they're so far and, and so hardened that they, they can't enter into the church because of their, their situation, whatever it is. But then we have, the opposite of that, like when you and I hang out or when we're like texting in the thread with our other friend, it's just like a complete different, <laughs> yeah. it's like a complete different perspective and you're all on the same page. Mm-hmm. People try and tell tell me now that it's like, oh, well, it's bad that you're just with a, you know, homogenous group. It's like no it's not where you don't understand this we're is, we're all we're all moving in the same direction this is this saint is, therese sorry saint therese has this beautiful quote where she says that the world is is your ship but not your home you know mm. we're on a ship together yeah and and in the past i've thought of it as more of an individual thing like oh okay i'm on a ship you know i'm here by myself but now i'm realizing well there's all kinds of people on this ship that we're we're all moving together you know, yeah. some people are jumping off the ship, unfortunately, you know, but uh, no, I mean, you and I are on the ship. Ashley's on the ship. Mm-hmm. Jen's on the ship. Anthony Sloan, like all these people, you know, it's it's great. I mean, we're all on the same. We're going to the same destination. You know, it's at funny. least we're attempting to. What's very funny is this. Uh, even though uh, us as conservatives laugh at the whole diversity as our strength thing on the left. That's one of the Americanisms, actually, that's that's kind of funny to realize. So. Here in America, it's the diversity of ideas is like the strength. And to an extent, that's true. But here's the thing. It's like diversity as the church sees it, which is that there can be Dominicans, Franciscans, and Jesuits, and they can argue about who's the greatest, or they can talk about 
Definitely not the Jesuits. <laughs> they used to be. Not anymore. <laughs> oh, oh, they used to be. They had their little... They used to be so good. They had their one-hit wonder. It was not a one... Yeah, <laughs> it was, though. I mean... I'm so sad. It's like the monkeys. <laughs> Don't... <laughs> That's so... <laughs> the Beach Boys. The Beach Boys. Yeah. Oh, god. They were good. <laughs> surfing Brazil. Surfing Amazon. And then the Spanish said no. There are a lot of different charisms inside the church. There are people who are called to intellectual rigor. There are those who are called to cloistered life. There are those who are called to laity and to marriage and to being out in the world. There are those who are called to be inside the church concretely. And what's nice is that's the kind of diversity which God sanctions. I mean, Christ brings together Gentiles and Jews. And this is a huge monumental thing. We don't even realize it. Like these are peoples who one of them is unclean and the other ones are God's chosen people. And Christ goes, okay, I'm rewriting the codes here a little bit you know, you're all my lambs now. And how do we determine this? Because there are some marks, you know, it's like the marks of the church, one holy Catholic and apostolic. Circumcision no longer saves you. It's baptism which saves you now, right? Unless you eat of my flesh and drink of my blood, you will have no life within you, that sort of thing. So what's nice is that as Roman Catholics, there are differences that we can have which are proper. But, you know, there are there are a lot of different rites in the church, right? We know that there are Eastern Catholics, uh, the liturgies in Greek. There are Melkite Catholics, the liturgies in Arabic. Rudy has his pipe out and he thinks he's being an intellectual. <laughs> hey man. There are, I went to a Ukrainian Catholic mass in Florida and I, I, I love Eastern liturgy. If that's how it's done. I was like, wow, this is incredible. And of course they don't have pews there. Everybody squats. That's right. That's Slavic squat too. That's how they know you're outside looking in, not just my skin color. <laughs> um, but it's beautiful. I mean, that's the kind of, that's the kind of thing which is really good in the church. And what's funny is that in our, in our lives, what we hear is, well, homogeneity is bad, especially of ideas, right? Like you can't hang out with a bunch of Catholics because you're going to be closed minded to just Catholic ideas. And the answer is, yeah, that's the point because it's true. Yeah, you're what, encountering an objective truth. Yeah. Right? Why would I go outside of that? Div like, I can't imagine like diversity of scientific thought for theories stops when someone goes, hey, what if the world actually is square? They're not going to go, wow, that's a really good diverse thought and I welcome that inside the space. They're going to go, <laughs> no, it's not. Like, <laughs> in order for this whole thing to function, there has to be some rules that we agree with. So. Are you you know, when the, when we talk about breakdowns inside society or breakdowns inside the church, the problem is that people are playing by two different rules. Uh, I talked a little bit about like my recovation kind of idea, but there is a tale of two churches going on in a lot of ways. And there is a church where, you know, it is a continuation of a tradition that has lasted for 2000 years. The believing things like the papacy is the oldest institution in the history of the world, that God does not change his teachings and his dogmas. And then there's another church which tries very hard to to protestantize itself past the protestants which i mean to say it makes itself pope whomever declares that this is how the bible ought to be read or this doesn't the catholics don't do this anymore or this sin actually isn't a sin at all or this sin that isn't a sin is a sin um you know it's it's i will bring i will bring back a second martin luther quote um, oh no. No, no, this one's a, this one's a, this one's one of the good ones because he he said towards the end of his life he complained that there are as many heads meaning popes as there are blades of grass. Because remember, Martin Luther couldn't agree with John Calvin, who couldn't agree with Zwingli, all those kind of guys. So before you knew it, there were a bunch of people going, "Well, no, this is the truth." Like Martin Luther didn't go far enough, or no, he went too far, all this kind of stuff, but they weren't Catholic, they were inside the bark of St. Peter. So, the point being is that when it comes to the to friendships, 
to focus on not just the transcendent third, but to focus on the objective transcendent third is only naturally going to make sense to cultivate the best friendships because these are ones that by the nature of the faith transcend time and space. Like, you know, at one point in our lives, you and I will be, you know, far apart from each other. Or maybe what? not. I don't know. I know, right? I didn't want to tell you. <laughs> what do you mean? I don't George? want to tell you, but I don't want, I, I don't, when, when Jen and I get married, we're not going to consider your geographic location. But I, I know. I thought we were going to be roommates. Well, I mean, we, we were, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you you know? mean you don't want to live next door to me? I, I mean, I could live next door to you. <laughs> you know, I'll be kind. <laughs> yeah. But you know, that's the point. It's like, it's like, but. It's not like our thread's gonna just stop because, like, we could, like, it's Catholicism for everyone's Very sake. well might. I'm hurt. Wow. I'm hurt by what you just said. The Glad Chad, I think the Glad Chad podcast is brought to you by Rite Aid Band Aids. <laughs> <laughs> Bad homogeny is, is the kind of, uh, it's kind of, it's almost kind of like an Arianism, you know, like, oh, they, they're just picking and choosing whatever it's it's uh, moral relativism you know like oh yeah yeah this is fine this is fine yeah you know you're not hurting anybody no and then there's the good homogeny which is which is based on truth based on the transcendent which is that you know we're here we're moving towards the same goal we're trying to to perfect ourselves we're trying to make ourselves worthy trying to live a good life and and you know we're going to mass. We're we're practicing our faith. We're doing everything that we can to get there. Yeah, and that doesn't go away anytime soon, obviously. And then we're we're Marine Corps. Ooh, <laughs> no, no Marine left behind. That's no right. Catholic left behind. But you know what's really nice is this. It's like because it's such a grounded center point in your friendships. Like I, I've always been, I've always been kind of skeptical of this sort of thing because I think that there is a and we talked about it a little bit because when you when you come to tradition, right. I, I like to I like to make the seven stages of grief for traditionalists <laughs> because first off you're gonna be you were blown away by the awe of the yeah. reverence and ev- like it overwhelms you overwhelms the soul and then the next stage is to go I was deprived and that's to like the stage is of that, anger is that bargaining <laughs> yeah. like, well, that's not quite but it's like anger at that point right it's like yeah. it's like okay so you're telling me that this existed and. I didn't. I didn't know about it, and it wasn't abrogated. And it wasn't abrogated. That's the thing. And it wasn't <laughs> like I remember growing up being like the Latin Mass, and you hear about it, and you're like, I don't know. I didn't even know it. about it. I knew about. Here's a funny thing. I knew about it from history, and I'd only gotten a whiff of that like really in high school. I, I wish mm. I, I knew. I, I. But here's something funny because I grew up reading like the Baltimore Catechism, right? So everyone knows what ad orientum is as a Catholic, even if you can't really put your finger on what it means. But I've, I, I was like, yeah, that's the Mass. Man. I didn't like put two and two. And then later you, you know, you can get angry about it. But then to the point, it's like you have to just accept that you're in it now and then do your best to cultivate the garden which God has given you. And the best way to do that is to help other people also cultivate their gardens. Because as trads, I think that there is a such a desire sometimes to really just circle the wagons, not just in the community itself, but amongst individuals too. Like I'm, there is there is a matter of, Rudy and I have talked about a little bit just in the ether, like the distinction of of sin and scrupulosity or the lack of scrupulosity, you know, 
And we, you know, there is a bit of, and I think it's just, it's just well and good because we're talking about the most important thing in our life, which is the Catholic faith. There's an element of figuring out, like, it's like the apostles arguing amongst themselves of who's the greatest. <laughs> it's like, it's kind of a dopey argument <laughs> because of, they're walking next to the risen Lord. Um, but, you know, but I, I do feel like there, there's a bit of that strain. And so it's really easy, of course, to just kind of circle the wagons and close yourself and be like, well, go back almost to like the same stage you were when you first discovered tradition. Nobody understands. Nobody's getting it. Nobody's pious enough or nobody's whatever enough or anything. Mm -hmm. And the answer is, you know, everyone, you know, God is outpouring graces of an extreme magnitude. And it's really funny because I'm reminded, this isn't obviously we didn't cultivate a friendship, but I'm reminded of, of a story, which is that there was a, a, a girl once in Mass at St. Victor's. She was wearing sweats and kind of like a, like a t-shirt obviously lost on the mass and so i remember i tapped her on her shoulder and i handed her a missile and i was like here's where we at like try to follow along and i talked to her afterwards just caught up uh because i could tell that she'd just blown in mm -hmm. and what she was is she was a she was an indian girl who grew up a hindu had become a buddhist had kind of fallen away from any sort of religious idea thingy mm -hmm. and then was kind of in this spiritual sense quote unquote mm. and I was like, okay, that's well and good. What the heck brings you to a Latin mass at seven o'clock at night? And she was like, well, I just, there's just this, like great energy here. Hmm. And I was like, I mean, it's Jesus. <laughs> oh yeah. It's the crystal I have you, in my pocket. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I thought, I thought, you know, it's very funny though, because that's just serves to the point that there is, you know, a tremendous amount of graces and obvious power that christ gives us in in the expression of his church as his church mm -hmm. where we're not something that's of the world but we're something that that is of the kingdom something know? that transforms the world that's exactly it and you you get that right it and i think that 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 bleeds into our lives in such a radical way it, it bleeds into our friendship certainly yeah because you because it's about it's about order and it's about righted order and suddenly you're like okay well I'm going to focus on these reasons instead. Like I'd much rather hang out with people I can sit. I'd much rather hang out with people who I can casually pray with before we eat my meal instead of being the only Catholic in the group and doing the fly swatter because you don't <laughs> want to get into a huge religious fight with all the atheists around you or, or whoever's it is, you know, you don't want to feel self-conscious like that or anything. I got to tell you, it is a breath of fresh air when, when you surround yourself with uh, good Catholic people. I mean, like yourself and just all kinds of other people that, that we've got, we've gotten to meet. Um, it feels like home. Yeah. You know, yeah, and, and that's and, right. Um, and you get a real sense of, of what it means when, when you will the good of another, mm. because it, it, it becomes that it's a, it's a very profound act of love for your neighbor. It's a charity that, that. I I honestly didn't think I was capable of, but it's a charity is a grace, and um, and you get to to meet these people and and understand them, and you open up to them, and they open up to you, and in that profound act of charity, you get to pray for them, you get to be there for them, they're there for you, and um, and it's wonderful, it's incredible. I, I mean, even in our own personal friendship. Um, we've gotten to a point where like, we're going to the gym every couple of days, mm -hmm. uh, like 
it's it's interesting. I was thinking about this the other day. I hang out with you a lot now. And that's that's interesting to me because, you know, for a lot of my other relationships, I don't even have that. Yeah. But we have that in common. We have this this thing that we're working towards. And most of the time we're meeting up because we're going to the gym, you know, and that's part of the whole the whole exodus thing. But mm-hmm. it, it, it's it's something a little bit deeper, right? It, it's you're we're both trying to perfect ourselves, you know. So by going to the gym, we're like trying to get strong physically, right? Yeah. But there's an aspect of a, a of a, a a mental. I would even say I don't even know if it's the right word. Maybe not. But there's like a metaphysical reality that we're we're trying to strengthen ourselves spiritually too. I'm talking about like something far far deeper and profound than that. It's it's like hey, we are we are conquering ourselves here on earth so that we can be worthy uh, to to enter into the kingdom. You know. And it's it's awesome when you have that with another person. You know, it doesn't have to be uh, just a guy thing. Like I mentioned in the beginning, like Ashley has found some 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 friends also. Yeah, Janice too. Yeah, and <laughs> they found each other. Yeah, they found each other, <laughs> and and they're working together. I don't know to what extent, you know, because a lot of a lot of things are sort of private, so mm-hmm. we don't really prod around. But yeah, people pray for each other. Yeah. And and we're still going in the same direction. It's, to to that extremely well put thing. It is really nice to look at your brother and say, "Will you pray for me?" Yeah. And it's it's hard sometimes when when or when someone else is hurting, a friend of yours is hurting, and you can't like you know. Of course, as Catholics, we can just look at someone and go, "Listen, I'll pray for you." Yeah. And but part of gift giving is this. It's it's two stages, right? It's not just giving the gift; it's also receiving the gift. Mm-hmm. There's a sort of way that you're supposed to give a gift, and there's supposed to way that you're supposed to receive a gift, right? Which is why it's awkward when people refuse a gift because you're like you're <laughs> breaking your part of the bargain here. It's, it's like going on a date and having the the flirt over who's paying the check. You son of a bee. <laughs> You as Ashley would say, "You son of a biscuit!" Oh my god! Oh, is that oh, is that, oh the, wow, that's, that's really the, tame that's of her. The, that's the PG. Version. Oh, that's a that's the Gladchad version. The Gladchad podcast doesn't believe in language. We only curse in Latin. Oh, that'd be cool. <laughs> no, it's but, like R. Kelly. I'm fighting for my life. Are here. you gonna really quote R. Kelly on our podcast? Okay, look, R. Kelly. Wow, is the worst. I can't quote Martin Luther, but you're gonna R. quote Kelly's R. Kelly. The worst, but it, he recently. Came out and it was a funny interview where he's like, "I'm fine for my beeping life here." <laughs> now it's beeped into existence. Y'all killing me with this beep. <laughs> what do you mean you don't want to be my friend? <laughs> what do you mean you won't pay for me? Oh my gosh! <laughs> this is why we're friends because yeah. this is important too. Because it's not just like, "Gosh, I'm so." This is why it's a glad trap podcast. I'm sorry, I'm excited because. It's like just you're happy with with your friends doing stuff you were already doing with God as your ultimate backdrop. That's yeah. all it is. It's like we're not we've been we've been changed in proper ways, of course, because we're always changing. But our cores are relatively the same. I've not mm-hmm. like seen a new Rudolfo Carlos in front of me, and you haven't seen a new Jordan Pacheco in particular. Yeah. So it's like again, it's it's doing the activities, being the kind of people who you grow up to be. And there's a lot of obviously it's not like there's not like a uniformity of what a what a traditionalist personality is, which is 
obvious because we're all humans. But here's the thing, to your point on the metaphysical, even inside the physical, as human beings, we are the melding of the body and the soul. Mm-hmm. We're the only creatures who have that, right? We're not pure spirit like the angels. We're not pure creature like 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 Big Soph. Big Soph? Which is my fiance's uh, dog. Really awesome dog. Really awesome dog. Shout out to Big Soph. <laughs> I'm, I'm a Shiba connoisseur, okay? I, oh I only gosh. like Shiba Inus. You're the reason I drink. I only Why? like Shiba Inu dogs. But mm. Sophie, she's I. She's... Well, she's a fox she's, terrier. She's so. good people. She's good people. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it's it, it is important because it, it's just it's just allowing for I think a greater flourishing because it's a it's coming into the fullness of who you are. If you if you can be yourself by yourself, great. But if you can be yourself with others around you with the boys with the boys i mean they're still the boys you know like <laughs> the boys are back in town yeah, that's a song so i mean i i think that if there's any sort of of kind of grandiose takeaway it's really to take an assessment on the value which we put in the people whom we surround ourselves with of course yeah and understand that everybody who are around it's it's we're all supposed to be moving towards heaven and they're supposed to be helping you move towards heaven and you know it it really is a it's it's allowing your faith it's allowing christ to really bring you to people who are going to best do that for you that's what we pray for that's what we we've witnessed in our as we're in our engagement processes with 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 our our to be wives and that's what we've also experienced with with the amount of support and and wonderful people inside inside our community and inside what what catholicism is and it just it just makes it all alive it breathes it in it's not just it's not a, a a cloistered away flame that you have to hide under a bushel basket, mm-hmm. but it, it radically is changing the dynamics of how we shape our lives, which is a really exciting thing to see. All right, so what are we mad about this week? Okay, dude. So in our our text thread, it's me, Jordan, and this other this other guy, Anthony, and uh, we just have like really good. I'm gonna throw in a, I'm gonna throw in a little Irish in here. We have really good crack. Okay. Wow, you really do love Ireland. Crack, now. crack is not what it sounds like. Crack is actually Gaelic for like good times. So when somebody would ask you what's the crack, they're not asking you like, "Hey, do you have any any crack, crack rock or anything like that?" They're Bloody asking, yes. "Hey, what what's going on? What's new?" You know. So we got really good crack going on in, in our our thread, and and hey. uh, Anthony likes to do this thing where he he drops something controversial, and then Jordan and I like yeah, we'll, we get into a little spat about so this it. This is how you know that, and Rudy then he and I, disappears. <laughs> and let's it's like Anthony's it. the devil. So this is this is how you know Rudy and I have a good friendship because we're our our threads are it's like fifty percent <laughs> us finding something funny and like coming together and agreeing on, and then it's another fifty percent of us just bickering about some stuff. <laughs> be like no bro look uh-uh you look <laughs> and then like drop it in of course because we find something funny because that's what you're supposed to do you're supposed to drop stuff because it's not yeah. a big deal yeah. so anyway so today so anthony found this okay so i'm gonna read the cover of this article it's from the baltimore sun hold on hold on just before we get into it guess guess what the order is that we're about to riff on is it a is it a the franciscans <laughs> B, the Carmelites, C, the fraternity, or D, the Jesuits. You know how like when you take a test and it's like the bubble. five Ds in a row? Like, <laughs> is it D? In this case, 
It's D. Yeah. It's for like the fifth time. You say like the law of averages says that it shouldn't be D, but really it is. How, <laughs> Rudy, how many days has it been without Jesuit tricks? Mm, I don't think we've even made it past the day. <laughs> <laughs> this article is called Gospel and Gorillas, pop-themed mass featuring memes and YouTube, a and YouTube, a potent draw for Loyola University students. So shout out to Loyola University, it's, it's, Maryland. That's like the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. I, <laughs> it's so absurd. So how do you get the young kids in mass, Rudy? It's not you. tradition. Let me tell you. Dude, what if I told you it's by pop themed memes and YouTube? Can you just play the, the first few seconds of this? I'm going to play this. All right, everybody. So this is what we're dealing with here. Uh, <laughs> so they're playing YouTube in the mass and the homily will later be about how how powerful this song is because uh because you know just listen to the lyrics he still hasn't found what he's looking for i'm waiting for kingdom come or whatever the lyric is and how important it is so anyway so this is a mass that happens on sunday night at loyal university in maryland and what we see is uh it's 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 trying to get the youth and it's doing that by playing modern songs. Classic rock is what the, the current rendition is and tying it into the great themes of the gospel. Listen, parents, if there are any parents listening right now, <sighs> oh my God, somewhere in the world, if you're thinking of sending your kids to a, a Catholic university, you better think again, because there's. There's only like maybe two or three that are left that are decent, that are worth going to. Don't even think about Don't sending your kids think. to this school. It's ridiculous. It's, you know what it is? I think to an earlier thing that you said, the focus for tradition is the liturgy draws you in. Like we don't shut up about the liturgy, which yeah. is good because it's only the source and summit of the Christian life here. It's only the Eucharist we're talking about, whatever. <laughs> but what's funny is this. It's like the Catholic Church isn't of the world. The Catholic Church is the trendsetter. And I said this in an earlier podcast, but the Catholic Church, in order for it to work, has to always feel old. And by that, I mean, like, it doesn't try to conform itself to the culture. It just does its thing because it knows that it has the best merchandise you know who tried to do that who the protestants hey i mean every flavor of protestant okay i gotta tell you uh, i gotta so i'm i'm going to give uh i'm gonna give a strange podcast recommendation i'm gonna give it strange but you'll see why so i found a new podcast called not new it's been around for a while but it's, it's anglican unscripted now the reason why i'm recommending it is because it features former bishop gavin ashenden and if you don't know this guy's story He's just crossed the Tiber from being an Anglican bishop. He was a chaplain to the queen herself. He retired because they read the Quran and it was a passage denying the divinity of Christ inside a, an Anglican church in Scotland. And he was like, we can't do this. And he had to resign his position because it seemed like the Fural family was getting political. Ooh, quote unquote. <laughs> so anyway, my point being is that he, he's he been on Anglican Unscripted since he was an Anglican bishop. And so it's him. It's an Episcopal priest. And it's a there's the Anglicans in North America and the Anglican Church in North America, which is a, I would say, a conservative Anglican church, which has broken away from the mainstay Anglican church. And so they've kept him on because he is the premier expert of Anglicanism. And it's just... All I'm seeing is the failures of Protestantism. They've tried, man. It's very funny how it's like, how do we attract the youth? Oh, I know why. We'll we'll change the music. 
and we'll make we'll casual wick wear whatever you want come as you are that kind of stuff like surely this is how the young kids get in and the answer is no mass attendance is declining and here's the thing even like look this is a healthy mass attendance admittedly in our article it's 150 weekly on a college campus that's a pretty good attendance but here's a problem the question is what fruits does it actually sow how many people who went to life teen masses right growing up thinking that and people in the church putting all their money into formed and all their money into life teen how like it hasn't stemmed the blood flow you know what is stemming the blood flow? it's very slow obviously but the, the stone is rolling and it only rolls in one direction now the people who you find at the traditional latin mass again the age median age is down considerably by a decade mm-hmm. meanwhile the median age of children that you have has gone up by like one so the answer is that this is something that's obviously cultivated for the long haul it's not gimmicky right the latin mass hasn't had a gimmick since never <laughs> like it just there's no novelty there's in the latin no mass. novelty and everything has a purpose everything has a form everything is important mm-hmm. and nothing is is superfluous like it does there's no just extra stuff in there yeah there's no extra steps or whatever everything in there has a reason but then you find stuff like this and it's like what could you two possibly teach me about christ i still haven't found that's not what it's what about. i'm looking for that is not what it's about uh i'm going to say that again <laughs> Anyway, it's it's funny this Jesuit he he talks about in the video how like he thinks that this is a a, a step for these these people to go into the the traditional mass. But I don't think he's talking about the traditional Latin mass. I think he's talking about the he's talking about the new mass. I need to I need to read a couple more excerpts from this article real quick because some of this stuff is too dank. <laughs> it's too dank. So one of the real strengths of the mass is that we utilize the creativity of the students, he says, the priest who's leading this. Ugh. It's not just me imposing a traditional mass. Yeah, what, is, what, what traditional imposing, mass are you talking Imposition about? of the traditional mass. Can you imagine? He's talking oh, no. about the new mass. Oh, <laughs> he's not. It's he's, not a traditional It's the students mass. and I contemporizing, uh, contemporizing a very traditional Catholic liturgical service, comma, the Eucharistic celebration or mass for the needs of those who are between the ages of 18 and 22. Eucharistic celebration. How about traditional you Catholic mean, liturgical service? You mean the holy sacrifice of, of the, the mass? mass? My friend. My, that's all I hear. Come celebrate. Oh my gosh. There's that desire to have more fun, to be personally, to be more personally engaged, even to rebel. This mass answers that as well. Yeah, it's rebelling, all right. Okay, so obviously I hear the counter argument people say, because I've heard this all my life, which is, it seems like what the Catholic Church is selling, nobody's buying. And so therefore, don't we have to go to where the people are? (laughs) And people forget something that, A, suppose this. Suppose that the Roman Catholic Church had a beautiful store of the finest choice meats in a butcher shop. And all you had to do is come inside and you could have it. T-bone steak. T-bone steak, flaming tomahawk, tomahawk steak. Tomahawk chop is my death blow. <laughs> <laughs> and then, but suppose this. Suppose that for some reason, new management, whatever, instead of giving the choice cuts for everybody, they said, you know what the people really want? 
The people really want discount bologna sandwiches. They want bat soup. They want bat soup. And so people went, I'm not eating bat soup. And then people said, they're not eating bat soup. What do they want? And they're like, well, T-bone steak. But of course, people don't want to. They go, T-bone steak with some Jimi Hendrix all along the watchtower mixed in. <laughs> That's it. That's what we got to give them. And you know what happens? It's like the, the, the jack of all trades is the master of none. Congratulations. The youth don't want to be appealed to. <laughs> like as, and I, we're still young enough where we can actually be called genuinely youth Roman Catholic leaders you want to know what we really like we like people giving us the straight dope that's why people like Jordan Peterson are so popular and that's why the flipping United States Conference of Catholic Bishops actually had to talk about why people like Jordan Peterson are so popular stand up straight with your shoulders back whoa so revolutionary of a concept fun fact of the day that's a Catholic church in a nutshell all it does is tell people fix it Yep. Get to heaven and fix it instead of meeting the people where they are. Because when you meet the people where you are, you lower yourself to the humanistic element of the church. It's important to nurture that. But also there's a greater element, which is a transcendent divine element of the church. People ought not to be, you know, it's not that God lowers his gaze to humanity. It's that we lift our gaze to God. And when we forget what the mass is about, which is Christ himself transubstantiating body, blood, soul, and divinity on the altar, and we start relativizing it, you lose everything. And if you don't believe me, let's examine what's happened to high church Protestantism. What is happening to the Episcopal numbers, the Presbyterian numbers, the Anglican numbers, the United Church of Christ numbers, all these other denominations that have appealed to the youth? Mosaic, as I talked about earlier, is a hipster church. It seems to be very vibrant. But guess what happens with all the mega churches and the evangelical churches and everything? Where are they in a decade? Where are they in two decades? They're not there. There's a new church down the road. There's always a new it's more church. more exciting. Mm -hmm. Got bigger screens. That's right. They have a nice sound system. Mm -hmm. And the focus, in, again, like the focus, like the focus <clears throat> is, we throughout this article, and maybe I'll link it, but I probably won't because I don't want to get people too angry. But the, the <laughs> well, that's not true, is it? <laughs> but I'll just say this. It's like the, the focus is never, it's never about an encounter really with Christ. Yeah. When we talk about meeting the people where they are, it's not, I'm reading this article and I'm just like, it's not really about, wow, I really didn't know what God wanted of me until I went to a U2 mass. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, thank you all so much for listening. Go ahead and like, comment, and subscribe. Obviously, you can find us and share us on all good podcast streaming sites. And of course, we have our YouTube link and our gladchad.buzzsprout.com website. If you didn't like what we had to say, just remember to hit that dislike button twice and that should resolve it. <laughs> uh, we, we, are, we are really, really grateful for a lot of the comments and the feedback that we've gotten, not just uh, online, but also in person, which is really nice. So if you want to leave a comment, please, we'd love to take your suggestion for show ideas. We'd love to hear your thoughts about cultivating Catholic friendships or what pipes you've had. We actually had a comment the other week of a guy who went, who was like, I was waiting for you guys to talk about pipes. <laughs> like, what do you like his favorites? I thought it was so cool. Um, but we really do try to, to engage our community and really, really happy of, of all the support you've given us. Please, please keep Rudy and I in your prayers as well as our fiancés. And um, yeah, for the sake of the church, for the sake of, of the Holy Father, for the sake of all of us traditionalists who are just trying to do our thing, for the sake of the fraternity, uh, please remember to, to pray, 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 especially in these dark times. That's all I got. I'm Jordan Pacheco. And I'm Rodolfo Carlos. God bless you. Mary keep you. Adios. God bless you.